0: Welcome to our first Cardinal cast as a group. I'm Caden McCombs down here in Texas, Lone Star Catastrophe Services. Been working with Cardinal Catastrophe for a couple months now. And we're also here with Quentin.
1: Howdy, y'all. I'm up here in uh, Nashville area on the road currently, um, working as I'm doing something else, which is a really cool part about this shop. We're
0: also here
1: with Aaron. Hey, dudes.
0: How are you doing, Aaron?
2: Aaron Speck, Cardinal Catastrophe Services. So this is really cool to be part of what we're working on for a bigger piece of, like, just extended and continual training. So we've got, I think, six, seven hours of old stuff dating back to 2018-19 that I've recorded, and what we're doing is working on, you know, cart. Cardinal Cast, do we call it, a radio show or Cardinal Cast Radio, whatever we call it, just a bunch of training pieces specifically for things that have worked for us, more open-ended communication for all the people so we can just send out email. emails to go jump on Spotify. Caden, talk about moving these to Spotify and how people can find it, and then we'll eventually have an email going out.
0: Yeah, so they're on Spotify right now. It's called Cardinal Cast. And you can just type that in on Spotify. That's is that cool. one word or two words? It, it is one word, just Cardinal cool. Cast, one word. And you can cool. download cast, you can just like them, follow it, so you'll get a notification from Spotify every time one gets posted. <laughs> There's uh and they'll just all be there every one we make from here on out.
2: What about the old ones? I like got how how bids work into? Are we working and moving all those?
0: Yeah, we'll be moving some good content that we already have over or if we already have some training that we want to retouch or update a little bit, then we'll also add it over.
2: Right. And I think my son Rudy said that we can pay for something with Spotify and then just it's an easy transition from the stuff we have on YouTube right now to Spotify. Now, I don't know that stuff, but he said he talked to you and it's uh, pretty easy. He said. Okay, cool. So... We'll be able to get between what of- we have on the Anchor app and between what we have on, on YouTube, we've got quite a bit of content, but now we'll make it easier and we'll just continue to blast and just add content. And anybody new in the company, you know, they can jump on here.
0: Yeah, I've listened to a lot of the stuff on the Anchor app we have so far, and a lot of it is definitely something that's worth hearing for any project manager or even any ASP person. And uh, Yeah, it's all relevant
2: still. It's changed quite a bit, but it's all very relevant. I mean, the last year and a half, two years have been interesting in, on our economy and the roofing industry in general, but we're in a very good place, and a lot of stuff is still technical now.
0: So uh, With this
2: one, Aiden, what do you want to talk
1: about, or what should we go through?
0: Well, I was just going to ask Quincy what's going on with you? you closing
1: some big
0: jobs. What are you up to right now?
1: Well, let's see. I uh, got one thought yesterday, finally, that we had to put through a state complaint. Uh, we were giving Thanks. them kind of the uh, pressure from all sides. They uh, The adjuster had gotten on this house, and uh, there were very clearly creased shingles uh, on the front elevation, and he would not acknowledge them. I said, so you don't think this is a crease, Mark? And I pointed at it. I said, you know, you don't see this dark line here? And he said, no, nope just right in front of me, just lying to my face like he's blind or something. And so uh, we pushed it. We uh, got the homeowner to do a lot of the pushing with us, Uh, got her riled up about it. She was happy to uh, make sure she got taken care of right because she felt insulted as well. And, um, yeah, you know, they said no to me. They said no to ExactBid. And then we filed that state complaint while ExactBid and me were still calling and pushing. And uh, they finally caved and got it covered. Who is the carrier? Uh, selective Insurance. The uh, adjuster's selective. name was they, Alan Kidd
2: with two D's. Now they branched off a of Progressive,
1: I think. You know, Selective. I'm not sure. I don't think they are uh, with Progressive. I think Selective is closer to uh, uh, Safeco. Just, just ended, oh. well, well, here's
2: the thing. We love all the insurance companies. So a lot of times, I'll say this. Whenever you have, it's not a bad insurance company. Even though sometimes they do some interesting things. And we built our company, you know, to be of maximum service to the risk industry. But yeah. what happens a lot of times is you run into, an, I call it an ego adjuster, where their ego is getting in the way of making a good decision and taking care of their insured, yep. you know, because not, uh... they know what we're doing. They, they know we got them bent over a barrel, so to speak, and mm-hmm. we know what they're supposed to pay for. Hardly any roofers know this stuff. Yeah, So they're going, yeah, screw you, roofer. We're not paying for this. We're going, um, yeah, you kind of are, and we're because, not going to Well, quit.
1: because but most of the people that, uh, you know, that they're used to working with will just take it and try to get it done for whatever they're going to give them. Uh, yep. you know, if, if roofers. If, yeah, if the damages are there, we're going to make sure that they're paying for it the way it should be. So ultimately, um, I've had this adjuster, and I've had supervisors uh, from other insurance companies i.e. all state and travelers and stuff, literally tell me over yeah. the phone or in person, listen, buddy, we're not paying for this. We're not paying for this roof. We're not paying for this uh, wall siding kind of stuff. And then, you know, yeah. by the time that it's done, we it's paid for. You know, and they're eating their words and our clients are happy and it might have taken a little bit of time, a little bit of pressure. But uh, ultimately, if we know what we're talking about, they can't deny us. So i.e., I'm
2: catastrophe one. services, right? So you've got roofers roof, contractors do a little bit of everything and we say, you know, from the name of our companies to the color of our trucks, how we market ourselves, we're a catastrophe service. Yeah. You know, our negotiation, I mean that that's our strength. Yeah. Can't really good negotiation,
1: so not legally, it's supplementing. It's uh just it's making sure many? they understand the the cost of what we're actually doing. Um uh, yeah, I'd say that and, to homeowners. That's a good note. That's a good note to put on here for somebody new. Never tell an really? adjuster or an insurance company that you're doing the negotiations. Uh, they can actually hem you up and get you in trouble j- just based on that one word. You can always say, hey, I'm something," or hey, we're not on the same page yet, stuff like that. But uh, I disagree
2: with you, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We disagree on the coverages, stuff like that, but we can't say that we're negotiating uh, for whatever reason. It's kind of still. I not know that. But um, that's just the that's just the verbiage we got to use. Is that per
2: state or is that? a
1: – Yeah, because uh, I mean that's
2: interesting. That's new to me.
1: I want to say it's in in every state that uh, public adjusters are the ones that do negotiations. So on this, off so, point did the when you requested a readjust, did the second
0: adjuster? Was it the same one or is it same so? One? Is it so this one? was.
1: The first Auguster came out on this one specifically. um we sent in a supplement. We didn't get an answer for over a month calling and emailing and stuff. I was touching base with, uh trying to get in touch with the guy probably every two or three days for a month and then uh by the time that I finally got a supervisor to back um, the supervisor you know uh went through the estimate uh he basically was giving me a hard time before. He even reassigned it uh, based on our estimate, and uh, but he said that the the adjuster that initially came out there um, had quit or was fired or something along those lines, and so he went he had went radio silent, and then there, so there yeah. was that whole month that we had that drug out, and then it was the, a different adjuster. That's whenever Alan Kidd took over the job, he came out and got on the roof with us that time and said he didn't see the damages that were clearly in front of him. You know, I think it was just kind of a a a deal that they were trying to push because the homeowner had uh, not had her policy for way too long, like less than a year. Uh, She had very legitimate damages. They were obviously new because uh, they didn't catch them on their initial inspection of the home whenever they signed her up to the insurance. But um, they probably didn't do. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they did it really. Yeah, whenever I asked them about that, a
2: lot of agents don't. You understand that because what that means is every agent technically when they write a new policy and this kind of gets into how we can negotiate or become insurance agents, friends and help with their loss ratio, but yeah. they're supposed to go out and take pictures and that's I mean if it's a you know a house they want to cover, you know, mm-hmm. check the pump, check the furnace, check HVAC and stuff. A lot of insurance agents just don't do it.
1: Yeah.
2: Sorry, go ahead. No,
1: that's basically it. You know, we got it done, and she's real tickled, and uh, she's going to get these architectural shingles uh, instead of a three-tab, and she's let her appraiser know because she's going to be selling her house soon, and uh, that typically will bump up the equity in your home. It's a really cheap upgrade. Uh, Usually most of our guys charge somewhere around $20 for every 100 square feet um, or square. That's a square? Yeah, that's what we call a square. And so uh, that, um, you know, for her house, it's a smaller house was like not even $300 like uh, to get it done. And that's going to bump up the equity in her home, a tremendous amount for the sale. So she's really excited about that too.
2: So tell us what's going on as you are, I think it's going to be interesting to hear, you know, going from, you know, Murfreesboro, Nashville, Growing that, expanding that, and then opening up the Carolina offices, mm-hmm. and now, now bouncing to Texas, open up potentially what's going to be the biggest division we we, we have in the company. Yeah, also kind of about the last year because I think that's interesting as hell.
1: Well, I mean, it's you've done a
2: fantastic job, and it's it's been it's you, been hard, but it's been fun too.
1: Yeah, it's been know. it's been a blast. Um, I'm really excited about the Texas move for sure, uh, especially now that it's getting colder. In uh, these northern states here, it's going to be nice and decent weather down there for the most part, comparatively. So a lot, a lot warmer for sure. Um, so the year started off, you know, Nashville was killing it. Uh, we've done everything uh, there. 2020 was our big growth year there. Uh, so then we started. Working out towards North Carolina, um, in the meantime, as I was traveling back back and forth to meet Dave and Jill out in North Carolina to get those branches going in Winston-Salem and Jacksonville, um, I talked to one of my buddies that I've known forever and ever into working with us in East Tennessee. So now we have the two branches in Tennessee, um, the one in East Tennessee and Oliver Springs right outside of Knoxville, and then the other one, uh, of course, in Nashville, uh, Murfreesboro but um it's been it's been a blast, you know lots of uh consistent changes it's been neat learning the different ways that things are covered
2: markets in
1: the different markets, yeah, the way the adjusters work in North carolina uh especially towards Jacksonville, a lot of people have separate policies for wind and hail um from their normal policies, so they'll have like you know all state is their insurance company but their wind and hail coverage is the, through the uh, North Carolina Joint Underwriters Association because of the hurricane like damage. pool that. sort of thing? Like yeah.
2: work comp is a state pool? Yep, it's a state deal. I wonder if could talk to that. Actually, that would be a good question.
1: Yeah, it's a state deal. Uh, you know, it's tax, taxpayer-funded part of it, I think, is. Uh, but really, the adjusters that work for the NCJUA, at least in my uh, dealing with them, have been great. Mm-hmm they've been all super easy to, to deal with, Hmm. you know, work with our numbers pretty easy. We don't have to do a lot of pushing if the damages are there. So that was the refreshing because, you know, um, I love, uh, working with all state adjusters, but sometimes those claims can be a little bit harder to push just because they have different thresholds uh, as far as what they will consider damages and stuff like that. So, um, you know, whenever it worked out that it was this company, uh, it worked out real easy. It didn't have to push or anything.
2: I think you'll see different insurance companies go through different cycles, you know, yeah. annually. I mean, I mean, Allstate, 2009, our first couple of years, I mean, they didn't buy anything. In fact, we stopped going on their claims because they were just awful. Yeah. It was all Katrina stuff because they, they must have been hurting on cash is what I'd say. And, yeah. gas, and then all of a sudden, boom. They're buying it. They're they're normal again. You know, they're not denying everything. They're buying what they're supposed to buy, and that's all we want. You know, we know what buy what you're supposed to buy. We know the law. We've got 12 years of historic data, so we know what you pay for or what you say, Quentin. You you set precedent, so that means I can go back and bang on that all the time. Oh yeah. So I think you know, kind of because of the you know, the the crisis, whatever is going on with the economy, and you know the the sickness going around the country has kind of slowed things down. So what I'm understanding from a lot of leading economic indicators is, you know, where this is sort of like a Katrina cycle where all the insurance companies had to spend so much money on Katrina that they just stopped paying for everything else. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing the same thing because of inflation so much. I mean, everybody's getting their ass kicked in their, in their uh, profit loss statements, even the big boys. Yeah. So, this is like a Katrina crisis where they're like, Okay, just kick the can down the road, don't pay, don't pay,
1: don't pay. Yeah. Well and this that's what's year, going um, on. So persistence beats resistance, right? Yeah, persistence, persistence beats resistance. We don't take no for an answer whenever we know we're right. Uh, there's several several right. avenues that we can push. You know, you have to your first adjuster's appointment, uh, you can get a readjust to get somebody else out there. Uh, we have appraisal, we have state complaints, we have Um, A lot of ways to keep pushing to make sure that things uh, are paid the way they're supposed to. And ultimately, whenever we don't take no for an answer, we get our homeowner working in orchestra with us to push. Um, We don't lose. I I haven't lost one yet.
2: As a company, you know, this is a real metric. I don't know if you know this, Caden. Here's a real stat. I don't know how many thousands of claims we've done, but we've never – Lost a claim as long as there was real damage mm-hmm. and the homeowners followed our directs. Yep. So the ones that we lose are it's questionable damage or the homeowner gets freaked out. Yeah. Because the insurance company says, oh, we're going to investigate you now or they'll send out a scary letter. We're going to drop you. Yep. So it's uh, color meeting stuff where you really, if you do a good job of selling the stuff, you really get your customers to understand what we're doing. You know, especially for some of the higher-end houses, like some of the stuff you're working with, Caden, if they know they have to work together, if they work together with us, that we're going to get everything covered, it really turns into a business relationship, business partner relationship with your customers. Oh, yeah. Because they're working for you, working together to put 5% equity back in their house.
1: Yeah. I've made really you good friends 30, with uh, some of Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was saying um, that I, say, I make, uh, uh, I've make made a lot of really close friends with people uh, whenever, uh, actually neocon theory states that it, it's called common enemy approach, uh, where the, the number yes. one thing that unites people is if they have a common enemy, uh, you know, so, uh, when, and, and not that the insurance company is our enemy, but they quickly turn into that whenever they're trying to uh, take advantage of the stuff. Yeah.
2: I mean they will break stuff they will do unethical things and you know they're they're running the show so they do whatever the F they want all the time. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We we try to be friends with the insurance companies but then at the same time when they're doing shady stuff that causes us to really know how to fight. You know, when you see blatant denials yeah you know especially if it's like an old lady or maybe a poor family or something you're like you know well, this is just wrong yeah and that's when we go to that's when we really go to bat
1: yep sure enough and uh I don't know how it is in every state but I know Tennessee um legally insurance companies are supposed to reply to you if you email them or message them or call them or something um within 10 days they they have a window of 10 days to reach back out to you at the most. Uh, so anytime that that hits day 11 or further, uh, that's whenever you know it's you have every right to raise a big stink, you know, to talk to um, supervisors because ultimately, especially if you got a claim or a job where there's leaking happening uh, or something along those lines. I've, I had one where it was a a water damage claim inside a home. The people's toilets backed up and the insurance is Slow roll, slow roll, slow roll. And then the homeowners got fired up and called them and, you know, threatened a state complaint. And they paid out the next day. You know, just uh, uh, there's a lot of power in the homeowner getting fired up. So we were talking about the North you know, Carolina and the Tennessee uh, things that I've got going on. Uh, I'm trying to wrap up all my jobs up in North Carolina and Tennessee and, and really get focused on Texas. So I've got about, I think, maybe, I think I got like twenty five, twenty three, somewhere around there, jobs currently open that are all getting real close to coming to an end. Which is real good for me too, right before Christmas and the holidays.
2: <laughs> well, I hope I hope everybody's on your, your nice list.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <sighs> Let's see,
2: dig into this too. Some- you know, I think a lot of these these Cardinal Cast radio programs they're going to be a tangent You sure. sent out a really good email, but I think it would be good to talk about your experience with state complaints because if you think about it, you know we had been in business for seven eight years,
1: we mm-hmm. had never
2: done a state complaint, and then Quentin, you know, he fast tracked to selling jobs and being a project manager, and he was the very first one. Yeah, I don't know if you work with any of our attorneys or not, but you went to the state of Illinois. And it yep. was a really bad denial. It was complete yeah. bullshit. I mean, it was big hail, and they just said no. And it was – I forget they the They tried to company, say it was all blistering. It was, it was a, they yeah, tried to like say every bit of it was Like a lower level. Yeah, when it was obvious. But so anyway, Quentin, he filed, he filed a complaint with the gal, with the customer, the older yeah. lady. And eventually they opened an investigation, and whatever they did, they pulled some kind of string, and they made – the insurance company pay off our scope. Yep, we should have actually marked that one up a little bit higher for all of our pain and suffering. But yeah, it ended up being a good job. And then the lady didn't want to pay for that. <laughs> no good deed. You remember that?
1: Um, not. She Ms. held Potter. on to her last
2: check. No, no, no. That and, was yeah, uh, She held on to her
1: last check. Was it Miss Potter? Yeah, because I, I, I remember you were brand, talking you were about the lady. I think you're talking about the lady that we went out there and she'd moved away. Is that the one you're talking about? Like she. Uh, no, it
2: was the state complaint because it's across the street from like three or four customers. We did yeah. it from uh, Collinsville. Uh huh. And it, I, maybe she paid us, but she kind of got like silly, going, "Well, send me my bill and, and uh, let me see what I, let me see how much I'm going to pay you." Yeah. Something where you know she just she kind of hee-hawed around, and I'm going, "Really? You're playing this bullshit after we worked our ass off and got right. approved." She paid eventually, but I think we had to get collections involved.
1: Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Tangent. Yeah. Talk about state complaints. So um, it's a really easy process. Now, there's one thing you cannot cross the line on with state complaints. You can't like straight up write them for the homeowners. Um, you can't, you know, lead them through it as far as doing the work for them. Now, what you can do I didn't know is that. In, Okay. Yeah. Now, what you can do. Is If the homeowner is, you know, hey, they're frustrated or whatever and they, they want to figure out a way to do it, you can tell them, well, you know, uh, I know other customers have done the state complaint deal. You can send them the website, um, you know, and let them do it. And you can also, if they do ask you questions specifically, you know, we'll, um, typically you would have already talked to them a whole bunch about, well, this is what we're seeing and here's the pictures that we turned into them and and this is what they're saying.
2: This is our So basically the the
1: the homeowner will put it in their own words uh, of what's going on and how it's happened and any dates and stuff. And then it is totally fine for you to send them uh, the documentation that you sent over to the insurance, any photos, any kind of reasoning or whatever. So so that's fine. Uh, But – yeah, it's usually a pretty quick process, and quick. Is that I mean,
2: Illinois, Tennessee, or you think that's across the nation? Uh,
1: that where you well, can't help. Yeah, we can't write it for them. We we can't be making the complaint on their behalf. What we can do is help them make yeah. the complaint. Send them I a template. Them. Here's what here's
2: what another customer used, and here's here's another letter that Vibrant Accounting helps
1: with. Yeah, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, so uh, I was saying it's a quick process, and by quick, I mean it's not usually quick at all. Um. <laughs> basically, no, shows, shit is. yeah. You file the complaint, and what happens is is the, and this is uh, my experience in Illinois and Tennessee. I haven't filed a complaint yet in North Carolina or Texas. Uh, But I yeah. think we're gonna file a complaint real quick with Dave's because they're keep dragging it out. They won't even answer. He's emailed them. I've emailed them. They just won't answer the phone. So who's um, the carrier? State Farm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, I'm pushing it to a supervisor probably tomorrow, uh, and then gonna if but if they don't do something quick on it, then yeah, that might be our first one to try it out out there. But ultimately, here's how the process goes: uh, they send out you know the complaint. You list the adjuster that was out there or the desk adjuster or whoever's giving you a hard time. Uh, you list the company. You list what's going on. You include any evidence or pictures or our estimate or whatever that's different um and then they'll have 30 days to respond. Now, in my experience, I've seen them respond immediately right off the bat, you know, within a couple of days you get a response from the insurance company. Uh but most of the times they will bleed out that full 30 days because their initial rebuttal oh, yeah. together. Now, after they send their the rebuttal, can on the road. yeah. Now, after they send their rebuttal, um you have 10 days to respond. So they're going to, and every single time we file the state complaint, uh, or I've been a part of one or, or heard about it from a homeowner, um, that first one is always them sticking to whatever their initial argument is. Hey, we're not paying for this because of this and this. And uh, so then the second time, so you'll, you'll have 10 days to respond, the homeowner will anyways, and then they'll, they'll shoot out basically reiterating the points maybe including an extra photo or something if if um, the adjuster points out something specific that we need to refute. And then from there, uh, most of the times after we send our rebuttal, they'll pay for it. Now I have been in uh, a complaint with Allstate before, and it went back and forth the full gambit of, I think it was uh, three three times back and forth. So we sent the thing, they responded, we sent something back, they responded, We sent something back, they responded, and that was the full amount. The state complaint thing is only um, considered a mediation. So the the state in Tennessee doesn't have any real power to send somebody out to follow up or anything, but what it does is it leaves, if it goes the full run, it leaves a permanent record on uh, some government website uh, of the full thing back and forth, um, showing that you made a complaint, they said no and they we couldn't get on the same page so ultimately uh, the big thing about state complaints is if they don't settle up then you know and you and let's say that they're really doing you wrong and and the homeowners down to go to litigation uh, which means that they'll get three times the payout of what uh, was supposed to be paid initially based on our scope Um, but it, it gives you tons of, like, hey, we tried to work it out with them. Hey, look, we even went through this process, state-mandated process kind of deal, before we filed this uh, lawsuit. So it just kind of is... So there's uh, a,
2: a rating system, I believe. We should have Chavez talk about this. The carriers have a rating system. Yeah. You know, it's like ABC or 190-something. Mm-hmm. And the more complaints they have, their rating goes down. Like for Exactly. Example here, Madison Mutual, a local yep. company, um, they went from... A to D-plus or something. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah. I and mean, we noticed their claims just stopped getting paid like crazy. Now you never yeah. see them. Well, that's so the reason.
1: Boy, uh, Captain, so, so historically here in Tennessee, whenever we first – the first state complaint we ever did was with the guy that cuts my hair. His name is My <laughs> He's an Egyptian gentleman. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, real good cool guy. <laughs> but um, we fought tooth and nail with Allstate back and forth. A uh, better part of eight months before we filed the complaint. Yeah. And um, the complaint went all the way through, and they still denied it. And we didn't. We thought, you know, Mehar was going to sue him. He was uh, getting everything in, right. in order. And actually, at that point in time we had a lawyer that was working with us that um, he had talked to several different all-state people was going to do a, a class action. Class action? Season. Yeah. And so nice. I don't know if they caught wind of that somehow or, or what happened. But even though they had said no, 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 all the way through the state complaint, they called out of the blue about three weeks after uh, that was that process was over and said, hey, we're going to pay for this. They didn't give any reason why they changed their mind or anything. They said, hey, you know what? Here's your here's your um, amount for the full roof.
2: That's exactly why. The attorney leaked it to their attorneys, I'm sure. Yeah. They, yeah, just, think they, they, they knew it was going to be bad press and everything else. When they don't know, need yeah. it right now. That's super good work, man. Thank you. I mean, that's the power of our company. I mean, think about that. Oh, Rufus and contractors aren't going to do this shit.
1: Yeah. You know, well, they're going to turn
2: the claim back and say, we can help you.
1: Yeah. Think about the the Chubb claim that I just got done. I initially tried to pay, and this is on a $4 million mansion out in Bellme, Tennessee, which is like the Beverly Hills of of uh, Nashville. And, um, and
2: Chubb Insurance is elite. I mean, they are oh, the, yeah. the best with a bullet. They only do mansions.
1: Yep, and they really tried to nickel and us at first. They, their initial RCV uh, was $15,000. Uh, <laughs> and by the time we got it all done and paid for the proper way with the matching laws and all their interior damages and, and copper the right engines. way and everything, Uh dollars You even killed some critters, didn't you? Yeah, we had raccoons get in there and everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we killed some critters on this motherfucker and this heck. What was the, what Was the final RCV? I'm sorry.
1: Oh, two hundred ninety-seven thousand.
2: So what's? I don't have a, the math hand with me. What's the? What's the percentage of that? That's huge.
1: Oh yeah, it's like so 80 me,
2: percent increase or something.
1: Uh, let me see. Hold on. I'll tell you how many times bigger it is. So two seventy divided by fifteen is uh Possibly. eighteen. We got them paid eighteen times more than they initially were going to get paid.
2: What's what's that equal out to be percentage? So eighteen eighty-two percent, huh? Yeah, 82% increase. Not bad, dude. I mean, that's... So, actually, I should say this. So, as we're going to grow and expand the company and as we're going to have, you know, lots of new staff, hopefully kick-ass, you know, people that want to sell the way we sell.
1: Yeah. But maybe
2: the brand-new person, you know, and I guess it's based on their aptitude, but I think some people are going to want to do just a shitload of roofs, maybe roofing gutters, and just turn and burn, I would say if there's other open trades and ends up being a big OP job, maybe turn them into the house like the branch manager. Yeah. And let the project manager assisting put them together. But until you're at a level where you really understand this, you know, taking a claim from, you know, 15 grand to 300,000, I mean, that's complex shit and that's real project management. And that's something bitch that took two years.
1: Oh, until a year and a half, for yeah, the,
2: the new person, yeah, for the new person, you know we, we, they need to get paid faster, so I say, do roof and roof only because you're going to get paid a lot faster commission, yeah, mm-hmm. you know you'll get paid a hell of a lot bigger commission, obviously, if you take on the complex claims, but I think it almost needs to be. You know, a tiered system yeah. for for a new sales team that comes in, where you know you you have some kind of competency level, and then you get to graduate up to doing the hard ones.
1: Well, really, uh, if the negotiations happening through ExactaBid, or if I'm helping push it or something, uh, the project manager um, can have that job if they're not having to do the negotiations. The whole thing is is don't expect for that to happen soon. Go sell more jobs. You know, like, right. like anytime that it's time yeah. that you hit a slowdown, hey, expect a bigger payday. We're going to get more money on it, but don't expect to get paid on it soon. Go sell more jobs because there's going to be easier, faster ones out there.
2: Yep, sure. go yeah. knock thirty three snipers uh, yeah. uh, two weeks until you're busy again. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, so I try get, to. Are I you try to always? We've
2: been talking a lot.
1: I try to always um, run. You know between 25 and 35 is my sweet spot so that's I try to have that many open jobs at a time Uh, that's pretty comfortable but if I have that many jobs open the ones that are dragging out are fine because I'm closing the other ones in the meantime so
2: very cool oh wait did we lose Caden? you there dude? I'm still here Oh, okay. I'm
0: just listening. So
2: let's see. No, that's cool. Um, what else, Quinn? This is good stuff. I don't know if you guys are going to jump on or not, so we may have to reschedule more no, of this. So the the one that we posted yesterday, uh, I I was going through kind of uh, for me personally the two biggest things I'm working on are Carolina and uh, Tennessee for now. So basically picking up the ball where where you brought it to in in North Carolina with Dave, and then probably. Sooner than later, we've got two, three trucks to deliver down. So I'll probably be driving some trucks down to uh, yeah. work with Caden and what he's got going on. Cool. So we have. Do you want to talk um, a,
1: a little bit about other trades, jobs that have other trades, and how those are done whenever it's not our own crews and stuff that we need to for like a weird trade? I got some <laughs> insights on that.
2: Well, I was actually just re listening to a podcast I, I talked about before we had the, the big expansion. And what I talk about is our core competency. So our core competency is, like I was saying, is roof, roof and, and gutters. And that's where you're yep. going to make most of your money. Yep. So I tell, you know, unless you really got the experience, you know, for new people coming in, you know, unless you know the trade and you've got the, the hammer swinger or the subcontractor, whatever, ready, you know, to put a floor in, to, to cut some tile or, you know, do things that are not our, our core yeah. competency, just be really smart and, you know, other big thing is make sure your money's right. Yeah. So we've, we dabbled with a whole bunch of jobs the last two, two and a half years. A lot of them were, you know, in Nashville, we're doing other trades and it was really groovy because we got to kind of learn new trades and it was some decent profit margins. But kind of what happened to the company independent of everything else going on in 2020 is, some of these other trades besides roofing, you know, you get so much for the ACV check and you're burning through that first check money. So next mm-hmm. like, thing so you know, the jobs are upside down. Yeah. And you know, so we collect seven grand and we've got you know 15 grand into it and we really ne- never had a. Yeah. We never said no to that stuff before. We didn't have a hard stop rule. And next thing you know, we had two, three, twenty of those jobs where we were upside down because we're doing trades that we weren't super good at. So yeah. we and there was also the labor shortage of 2020, so we couldn't find anybody to do the work. Yep. So then we then we tried to do some of it ourselves as a sales as a sales team and kind of fucked it up worse and ended up spending more money. But it was a good lesson to learn, you know. And I would say with the other trades, you know, you got to make sure that you know they have insurance. You want a TIN number. There's a full intake package that oh, you yeah. to go through. They should know where to send, you know, their invoices and how our accounts payable and receivable department works. Where it's invoices at CardinalStat. dot com. All that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that's what I was going to say about the other trade. Thing is,
1: yeah. Oh, is if you don't know anything about it, I don't know anything about flooring. I don't know anything about, you know, uh, plumbing or electrical work. Get right as soon as you know that that's going to be on there call two or three tradespeople that do that in the area and get them to go out and get numbers together. Yeah. Get bids. And you set that up, you give them, you know, I tell the homeowners, Hey, I'm having, you know, two or three different electricians come out or, Hey, this is going to happen. They're going to call you directly and set this time up with you directly. And all you got to do is point and click, make the calls, get it hooked up. uh, And then you get the numbers, turn in the highest bid to the insurance and see if they say yes. If they don't say yes, turn in the second one, you know, and then the whole thing is, is for those extra trades, they might, you know, be something that's not necessarily always in our wheelhouse, but, um, we'll get the overhead profit on it. And so, uh, and then a lot of times we can do wholesale retail, which we'll talk about a different time, uh, that gets a little bit more profit on there for us. But, uh, if you don't know about the trade and it's on there, go ahead and just Google it, find somebody with good reputation or or what have you, and then get them out there to get bids because um, that or uh, ha- if the XactiBid team is comfortable with it. But a lot of times, you know, XactiMate is really bad about having proper real-world pricing for um, windows, doors, painting.
2: pressure uh, wash and restaining decks. Fence, fence work, yeah,
1: stuff like that. Um, roofs are pretty good you know gutters are borderline a lot of times you want to get bids on gutters too uh, nowadays especially with the materials jumping up and down um you know that's, something that's that, 805 a linear foot now mm-hmm. for yeah. five inches. yep so it's always good to, and it's always you good know to double check the numbers against uh what the exact bid or exactimate numbers are uh with the real world for sure
2: And, you know, really with the company decentralization and responsible freedom, but I would really say, you know, like, let's say, you know, it's, it's 2021 summer of, Mm. and we got new guys, new guys and girls, sorry, listen to this.
1: If you're new,
2: you know, graduate up to doing multiple trades. Yeah. Just because it can really suck your time, and yeah. you're gonna to want to do a good job because one of your first couple. So just trust me on this. Try to do more roofs out of the gate, yep. or just keep on pumping in roofs and take on one as practice. Yeah. And you know what? Make a lot of calls, even to you know Quentin, me, and other people in the company that know know some more shit. Yep. Because if if done wrong, not only will you make money, but then you know we're spending more than we're collecting on the checks.
1: Yeah. And and another. And thing if you is- don't get paid just like we're doing with the roofs and stuff now, as soon as it's been, you know, you got the numbers settled and stuff and you're getting things organized with the homeowner, uh, get that depreciation release. Uh, we've made it a rule on, at least I've made it a rule on my jobs based on talking with Aaron and, and I think this is a company-wide thing. We're definitely doing it in East Tennessee too uh, and Dave should be aware of doing this in North Carolina. Um, we have the depreciation money in hand for the homeowner That's huge. The, the same day we do the roof. That way that as soon as we're done uh, with the roof that day, we've already got the money wrapped up and the jobs closed rather than get the roof done, have to wait two weeks for the check to get there from the insurance that puts us in a bad spot. But if we get that money and then there's a the mortgage hand, on it, so it's another right. delay. Yeah. So if we got so the money in back hand up. ready to rock, then it, it cleans up our coffers and, uh, makes it a lot easier on everybody.
0: So for a new person, so you let's assume
1: request it before you even start the work. Oh, go ahead. At what point do you request it? So here's what I've been doing, Kate, after we get the numbers settled, uh, and then we, we go and meet with the homeowner to do their,
2: you know, their color meeting,
1: their color meeting and pick out their materials and stuff. We'll get the first check. Hey, here's the down payment. This is for all the legwork we've done. Um, you know, pushing this through and getting it paid right. Uh, At that point, we might have done a tarp already or a tree removal or something. But really, you know, here's our down payment. Thank you. We're going to request depreciation. That way you get your next check. Whenever you get that check, call me, and we'll get your roof put on the schedule. That's what I say. That's smart. Yeah.
2: And that's what we should be doing. And just remember, a lot of people may not know this. You know, we are under contract, so our authorization of the insured, So I'm pretty sure every contract, maybe not Tennessee, since we're listed as the payee on the check, so it's not as important, but it, it basically says that intent it's a legal binding intent to repair agreement. Yeah. So that means, you know, back in the day, it used to be 95% of insurance companies release it based on that because they know we're under contract and we got to do the work. Yeah, You're starting to see – just with everything else the delay 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 we're starting to see well we need pictures now so never let that stop you from getting that depreciation roll in the back end money second so check quinton talk about so let's assume we've got some some newer people talk about op
1: so overhead and, and, and profit OP.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah so um that's something that uh we don't typically get on every job uh they, and the insurance companies will say that they only uh pay for Um, they only pay for overhead and profit if there's what they consider complex coordination,
2: complexity of job. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but here's what I'll do. Let's say that I'm doing roof and gutters and, you know, a small repair on some soffit or something. So they're going to say, well, we're not going to put overhead and profit on this one because, um, it's not enough complexity or whatever, whatever. And what I do is I will push that at the beginning of the conversation, but then at the very end of the conversation before I get off with the adjuster, uh, if we're going through a scope or something, I'll say, you know, listen, I understand you can't get it. And I never put it on them. I always say it's their supervisors. They're the stingy ones, you know. The person you're talking to can't be the bad guy. It's got to be somebody else, you know. So uh, let them know, hey, I know that you can't get overhead and put on this through your uh, supervisor but you know i'm coordinating um with the roofing materials to get delivered there with the homeowners to make sure they're not in the way uh we've got the roofer coming out i'm going to go out there and supervise them myself while it's happening we've got another guy coming out that's a repairman that's going to do the soffit he's a different tradesman the gutters and the roofer uh, and so I have to get the soffit from the siding company, which is a different place altogether. And then we also have to do the gutters, uh, which we buy the materials. And then the gutter company comes out. So that's uh, several different people I'm actually coordinating with. Do you think you can at least do 5 and 5%, 5% overhead and profit, uh, or 5% overhead, 5% profit instead of 10 and 10? Uh, because, you know, it would help a lot for our accounting department and it is you know, a decent amount of coordination. I have never gotten denied for that. Um, If I ask for five,
2: should we start saying eight? That's good.
1: We'll start asking for eight
2: instead of five. Yeah. eight. No, that's actually cool. Yeah. That's actually cool. That's I've seen it. uh, I don't know what States exactly. I know in Minnesota, they'll, they'll pay overhead and profit on everything, but the roof. So they will give you a 10 and 10 on all of their trades, or they'll give you a straight nine and nine on the whole claim. If you do the math, it's better to do nine and nine. Yeah, definitely. That's smart though. Yeah. So now, over in profit, the way that I talk about it is, you know, they don't automatically just give it out. Okay. So you kind of have to know the business. You need to know, you know, the art of negotiations. And a lot of times, just like you said, putting it's, it's complexity of project. And if you can show, you know, here's either invoices with the money, money whited out. So you can say, look, these are all the, subcontractors I had to hire and pay. So I need over and profit because it's yeah. a complexity job. And I had to hire a department accounting to manage this. Right. But they don't just give it out. So I tell people roofers, roof contractors, do a little bit of everything. We're an OP contractor in the business or so another trades contractor. So we do roofing and everything else. Yeah. And I think as we grow the brands, you know, we we'll really look at divisions, you know, mm-hmm. different divisions doing, you know, more like surf pro and hell, even crimes. You know, I know we're working on some, crime scene cleanup business plans as we speak. So it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So let's see, probably too much with code upgrades. Um, Let's, let's wrap up and let's talk about what we're going to be doing the next month or two in Texas. And then I, how I'll, I'll, I can say what I think, but I'm curious what you got to say about, you know, the colder months, and the rest of the divisions and what we're going to be doing in Texas. you want yeah. me to so
1: you you talk to Caden or me to talk about that?
2: You and then, you know, I'd be curious to hear what Caden has got to say since he lives there.
1: Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm pumped to get down there. Uh, it's it's going to be fun too, because it is going to be warmer. And things are slowing down in Tennessee and Colorado and North Carolina and everything it will allow an opportunity for our guys that wanna travel come down and do some sales and uh, you know, Caden and I will run the jobs and then all the guys that are coming down get a little vacation that's warmer and uh make some cash. So I think it's gonna be a great fit. Having that office to be able to open uh to be open and, and decent weather all year round is a, a huge move because you know, historically, you get in the winter time. everything kind of starts slowing down around November with the holidays. And then, you know, the weather's just crappy until March. And so there's a big, big slowdown. Not that we don't roof in Tennessee. Not that we haven't roofed in Illinois because there are stretches of good weather. And obviously we do have yep. jobs sold going into the winter. Uh, but it allows us to keep bringing in jobs rather than, only focusing on getting them done and getting them done slowly because it's shorter days and the weather's bad. This allows us to continually bring in new, uh, new jobs into the system, which is going to be a huge move. New revenue.
2: Yeah. And if you think about this, well, actually let's back up. So (laughs) the office is called Lone Star Catastrophe Services. Mm -hmm. Uh, the office that we, uh, Least like we paid a couple of years, or we got, got a couple of year leases in San Marcos. So you've got Austin, Texas. Everybody knows Austin, that's the state capital. About 2.2 2 million people, roughly the same size as all of Metro St. Louis. And then about an hour, hour and 15, hour and a half south is San Antonio. Everybody's heard yeah. of San Antonio. San Antonio is about 2.6 million. And frankly, I've spent zero time there. So smack dab in the middle of, uh, San Antonio and Austin is San Marcos. So that's why we put the office there. So we'll we could Smart. do one in North Austin and one in San Antonio real easily where they're just, you know, places to have an address, keep trucks, and you know, get stuff delivered to you have marketing folders and shit. Yeah. <clears throat> so as it stands right now, we're still working on, you know, long term house for you, for Quentin for you and, and uh, everything else to get moved down there and button up jobs here. So we're yep. officially open, I think Freud is live today, the website. I think she's got one I think Andrew's got one phone calling to GoDaddy to fix something and it's done. It's just gotta be turned on. Right.
1: But,
2: so I believe the marketing folders, yard signs, a bunch of other stuff. is already down there. Um it's a little bit of a cluster F, but what else is new with the Right with opening up five well, stores in a year and a year and then uh Three trucks I think I've got one will be done this week, and then I'll, I've got another one here in Edwardsville that's painted, ready to go to logo. So you know within a month we'll have two fully logo trucks, and then we've got your Ford Free Spirit, so we'll get that bad boy wrapped down there when you're down yeah. there. So I think it's safe to say within a month, you know it'll be all systems go, and you know we'll, we'll be ready to really start adding, adding a sales force. So, Caden, tell us about what you got cooking down there and how you see things and growing up there, you know, especially with, you know, where you live and you know a lot of people and just being from Texas, I think, is interesting.
0: Yeah, I think just the fact that there's so many little sub-towns or sub-parts of Austin, is really very different atmosphere just going from northwest Austin and the Hill Country area to Even North Austin, Georgetown, Round Rock area, going down to South Austin. There's just so many different parts of Austin, and then, like you said, the millions of people. There's just endless amount of houses. There's a lot of roofers. You'll now that I'm doing roofing, I see roofers every time I drive, pretty much. You'll see roofers during the week, but there's so many houses that there's there's room for everyone to get their fair. Yeah,
2: supply and demand there, baby.
0: Yeah, it's it's really good. It seems like there's a lot of hail early and often, and uh, it's pretty interesting. It As fun this week, we were watching the news said hail alert. We're gonna. It was a uh, half an inch, a little bit in San Antonio, so nothing big. But it's uh, it's definitely gonna be um, good for us at least to be able to also help people get new roofs on their home.
1: Oh yeah,
0: it will be good when there's a storm here when. We'll have all systems going, sounds like you said, in about a month, which I think,
2: I think is about right. Probably sooner. Tell us about door knocking, because, I mean, uh, door knocking sometimes can be considered the hardest part of this business. And I feel personally, like, when I, when I door knock in the South, people are just so much friendlier. It's just so much more refreshing. Yeah. Only done a little bit of, you know, just cold calling for a commercial our first couple of trips down there personally. So what's door knocking like for you, Caden?
0: For me, I think I really like it here. It's definitely, from what I've seen, better than uh, North Carolina. And then Denver, it's just a lot. I, I don't know if it's the southern, probably just the southern hospitality. It's uh, the people. The people also know what know what's going on. They know they've, they've probably had a couple of hailstorms in their life, especially the older people down here in Texas. So they know that they've left it alone before and they got – leaking and then guess what insurance didn't cover it so sometimes they've had bad experience with roofers, but a lot of people are understanding and they know that it's necessary so if you can explain the problem to them then and, and they're getting that there's an actual problem and that we can fix it then it's really not too hard I think there are a lot of uh, smart people in Austin I have a better time in the higher end neighborhoods just because it makes sense to use us and if they're, they're just they understand they get why getting bids is stupid, they really understand it. So if you can convey what we know to them, to the homeowner, then it's a sale. Because there, there are a couple other good companies,
1: but the majority of
0: them are just your average bid roofer get paid by Friday kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. So the, the, the biggest thing is getting over the first impression because you got to realize they have no perspective. They don't know that we're better. They just see someone at their door. But yeah. once you explain to them kind of – just get past that we're a little bit different and if you can get them to start seeing it, then it's, it's just very good. It's been, it's been having been doing good down here.
1: Cool. Very cool. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I do. So I guess I'll just come in uh, real quick. I do feel like uh, knocking in the South is a lot, uh, more congenial people are usually easier going even if they're not interested they're not going to you know cuss at you or anything most of the time i mean not not that there aren't assholes everywhere because there's definitely (laughs) you'll bump into somebody bad somewhere as soon as i say that somebody's going to go to tennessee and knock and get cussed out but um it it's not that hard it's a numbers game it's all about just doing it getting out and doing it it seems maybe like it can be an intimidating thing because it's a cold call, you're door knocking, uh, but really it's just about getting out and doing it. If you're going to go out and knock for a couple days and you're at it every day, you know, for a few hours on those couple days, unless you're just not saying anything of importance, as long as you're giving the spiel and everything, there's going to be somebody that says yes to an inspection. You're going to on a roof, there's going to so be some damages. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just all about the art of doing, getting out and doing it.
2: So let me ask you this, since, you know, um, I mean, I've got a specific style that has worked, and the beauty of our company and one of the cool things about working together with you, Quentin, is you bring a whole different perspective. And sometimes, you know, some of the numbers that work, you don't necessarily have to follow them because you've kind of figured out your own path. Yeah. For getting leads, so you know, 100's hundred's our number. When you've got an active hailstorm and you're going door to door to door, hundred houses until you have enough money or you're too busy. And then when we're working old damage, and that, I've got a bunch of content coming out about sniping and and, and three tab work yeah. because you know some of the pros in our company just don't they've never done that. So it's either uh-huh. big hail or nothing, right? You know, so snipers kind of a cool deal. But so yeah. sniper is thirty three is the number. So you want you know whether it's flyer knock. Renock and re-knock is when, you know, you leave a flyer and they're not home. So you got to note that in the system and go back and hit that house after you flyered or checkbacks. That's when you actually talk to somebody, but they're not hundred percent interested, but they're, they got to talk to their wife or husband. You know, you come back and in, in a day or two, you're going to get that as a lead or sign it as a contract. Yeah. So checkbacks are super important. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, a uh, qualified lead. So name, address, phone number, everything spelled correctly, and they must maintain interest, and then that gets kicked into the the branch manager, and he he gives it out to the, the sales team. Mm-hmm. You know, so thirty-three and a hundred is kind of the game that we've done for the last you know twelve years. What do you do? Are you talking about me? Yeah, yeah. Man, I thought like, do really. Do you put a hard number on yourself? I mean, do you thought... do thirty-three when no. you're when you're training a new a new uh, person in? I don't.
1: I don't uh... I'm bad about uh, setting... setting. Oh, no. <laughs> you're, no, no. No, no, you're not, because
2: you're producing.
1: Well, here's you can I hit do.
2: numbers, you don't have to set numbers.
1: Yeah, true. Um, I thought at the store about what I do. If, if somebody's at, if I'm in line at a grocery store or gas station, somebody asks me what I've been doing for work that day. And I'm going to say it loud enough yeah. that everybody in the line behind me can hear and I'm going to hand my cards out to anybody whose eyebrows raise as I'm talking. I've gotten tons and tons of leads by doing doing that exact thing, yeah. Now, the door knocking deal, um, I don't know. Uh, I I feel like I knocked a little bit more whenever I started because I was building my knowledge, building a name for myself. Now, whenever I go out, uh, it's just a lot easier. If I got somebody that answers the door for me, there's going to be probably a seventy to eighty percent chance that I'm going to get on their roof. Um, nice. That's because yeah. Well, that's hey, because...
2: hold on a second. Let me cut you off for a second because when you're doing that cold call where you're just handing out flyers or handing out business cards in the line of the store,
1: yeah. When
2: we're talking their thirty-three number, I would count that.
1: Yeah, you know sure that's is. that's
2: basically the same as a door knock because you're having you're having a, a, a transaction with somebody that could turn into a lead. So that's like a check back or That I'd consider that a touch. Oh yeah, you know for. For Our thirty-three number. Sorry, Sure. not saying sorry. Go ahead, but I wanted to say that.
1: Oh yeah, it's all good. Um, so yeah, but uh, lots of eye contact. That's my. That's the biggest thing for me is just, you know, not have a staring contest with the person, but you want to look them right in the eyes and not be dodgy or shady or shifty, but and let them know, hey, I'm going to help you. And that's all you got to do is have them just kind of believe that that's the truth. And that is the truth. So you ha- you can have all the confidence in the world knocking and telling somebody, Hey, I can help you. I can, you know, get something done yeah. and, and do good by you. And you can say it without having to know that or think that you're full of shit or, or, you know, taking advantage of somebody because you're one going to help them, you know, that's how it works. So uh, usually though, whenever I go out, Um, I'll knock, most of my days I don't, I don't get more than, you know, 10 or 15 people to talk to because the vast majority of them turn into long conversations and inspections and stuff. I'll get, get on them right there. So I'll do 10, I'll talk to 10 people. I'll get on six houses and that'll take, you know, three hours. (laughs) So.
2: I mean, so one is a win, you know, and one is uh, a win, yeah. You know,
1: because, you,
2: well, you're turning a door knock into a signed contract.
1: Yeah. So,
2: that, I mean, that's a little, like Caden, when we're out, you know, I'm showing you a different style where it's turning the lead into a inspe- qualified lead into an inspection. And if there's mm-hmm. something to work with, then you sign them. So, it's like a two, three-day process. Yeah. I mean, the killers, like Quentin, you're getting that in a day. And that's, that's huge. So, well, the cool thing is you it. kind of figure out what works for you, you know.
1: I'm not the I'm not the high pressure guy either. So most of mine are second day sales. Um It's not yeah. You know I'll, I'll get contracts signed. You know a decent amount of times right there that same day. But a lot of times I'll do the inspection. I'll send pictures over, and then I'll give them our folder and tell them to check us out on Better Business Bureaus. Hey, I'm not a high pressure guy. Yeah. I Wanted to let you have a chance to. You know, take a peek at everything. Look us up on Better Business Bureau in Tennessee at that branch. That's where I ran it for the last couple of years. Most of those. um, Look at our Google, Five Star Organic, Facebook, all that stuff, you know. Um, Now, that being said, then leave them alone. Tell them, hey, I'll give you a couple of days. I'm going to reach back out to you. Uh, That's whenever you get their name, their phone number, all that stuff. That turns it into the qualified lead. But then, uh, you know, hit them up in a couple of days. And, yeah, that's whenever they sign. Or, really, if you're going to be in that area anyways, call them and tell them, hey, I'm in your neighborhood. I'm going to swing by and say hey and do it in face-to-face. I'm
2: in your neighborhood to pick up a first check from another yeah. one of my customers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Qualifies yeah. it. That's always my line. Oh,
0: yeah. So how
2: about this? Here's a question for you. How many jo- How many contracts do you sign where the customer pushes you? Yeah, I'll sign. Where do I sign? You want me to sign something? That's oh. when you know you're golden. And really you think about it like fast forwarding to the color meeting and talk about working in orchestra with the customer and dog tail where we have to be the dog and the customer yep. must, must maintain to be the tail. Yep. So when, when you got that lead where they're like, where do I sign? That's, that's the best job you can have. Oh yeah. Cause you're going to work together. And even if the job takes six weeks or six months and you're waiting for a bunch of hang, and you know, the roof's done, you're waiting another shit. They're patient, yeah. you know, because they understand the process. That's huge. Yeah, That's good stuff. Keep on going, man. Well,
1: um, yeah, I mean, that's like you're saying, that's a, a good deal. I've definitely had people where I've said, well, you know, I'm not a high-pressure guy, so you can take the time to review this. And they'll say, no, we're ready to go. Let's do it. And then we'll call in their claim right there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's I mean, that's otherwise, golden. Otherwise, I always do mention referral bonuses uh, to people. Um, you know, let's say I'm standing in that line at the store and then I'm like, and you know, one person out of the line is interested, but I'm going to hand out cards to all five people in line, even if they say they're renters. Oh, you're a renter. Well, um, you know, talk to your landlord, see if he'd let me come out and take a peek at it. And if he ends up contracting with us, I'll throw you 150 bucks or something, you know? Uh, or, um, you know, you catch a, a kid at home and their parents aren't there. Hey. You can tell your mom and dad to call us if they call me back they'll give you a hundred dollars you know for some high school kid or junior high kid that uh would probably throw, you, throw anybody else's card away they're going to tell their parents about it you know what i'm saying <laughs> like it, it means a yeah. bigger deal to them so um that's something that even if hey you don't own your house you got any family or friends that do because you can talk to them and i'll pay you and then i'll help them you know so that's always something that you never want to forget never because even if it's like hey i can't do this i don't own my house or something there's always people that they know uh that could turn into a lead so anybody you talk to can turn into a lead even if they don't have their own place
2: we could have a whole podcast about just the hustle always be closing abc always working never working i mean there's always an opportunity to spread your roofing love around
1: Mm -hmm. hey listen i can help you you know spread it around i can help Mm -hmm. you there's make a host, you make post up on uh, social media every once in a while about what you do. Uh, somebody's going to have a tree fall in their house one day, and they're going to say, hey, I know Caden does this, so I'm going to call him because I saw him post about helping somebody two months ago or something. Um, you know, if you ever see in a community group or one of your buddies or something, I had one out in Nashville where a tree had fallen in this guy's yard, and he said, hey, does anybody know any tree cutters? because I got this tree that fell over and the storm is leaning up against another tree out in my yard. Well, I said, Hey, let me come take a peek at it. Uh, and I'll see if I can help. And of course I talked to him on the phone. He called me later that evening and I told him, yeah, I've got some tree people and everything. And I want to, and he said it didn't fall on any property. It was leaned up against a tree. Uh, so he knowing that he would not get covered for that. I told him, I said, listen, if you have a tree that got blown over in your yard and it's a big tree, I wonder if it did anything to your roof because the winds were obviously really strong out there. I'd bet you that you might even have roof damages. Well, he initially wasn't thinking about any of that. He just wanted this tree cut down because it was leaning up against another tree in his yard. And we got his roof bought and his siding bot and his, like, four rooms on the inside of his house painted. Uh, because of that So never, you know, if, if somebody talks about storm damages Even if they don't think they have direct damages Still hit them up on the interwebs You know, if you ever see anybody post about something like that That's uh, easy I've gotten actually five or six jobs through Somebody making a post on Facebook Oh my gosh, I just had a tree fall And hit, and it almost busted through my living room You know, kind of deal Call well, Yeah, no, I, I call them I say, hey, I'm on my way to your house right now I've got a tarp in my car I'm going to help you out you know.
0: That is it for our first Cardinal cast. Hit the notification bell to receive notifications when we post more. Thank you for listening.